Yeah, I got to be there at a really cool time. You know, I did a lot of stuff with Jericho and uh, Kevin Owens backstage and Big Show was still there. You know, Cena, like those guys were still there when I was backstage. So I got to do some really cool interviews at that time. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. This week on the podcast, we've got WWE announcer Mike Rome. Recently moved to SmackDown after being on Raw forever. And now that he's a Fox guy, got to bring him on the podcast. And also, fellow geek at heart. I'm excited for you guys to hear our geeky conversation. Lots of fun stuff within there. I promise there's a little bit of wrestling too, but there's a lot of geek talk. Prepare yourself. Uh, before we get to that, though, real quick, I just want to say, if you're watching this on video, do me a favor and go subscribe to the Add a Character podcast feed as well. I want to make sure you don't miss any conversation that we're having here. I'm proud of them all, and I really think that this show has hit its stride. So make sure you're not missing any of these interviews. Make sure you're subscribed to the Add a Character podcast feed. All right, promotion out of the way. Let's get to my conversation with Mike Rowe. Mike Rome, thank you so much for joining me today. How's your day going? Oh man, it's great. I just I actually just got back from the Bahamas literally an hour ago. So <laughs> let's talk about that. So you just got back from the Bahamas. That's cool. What, how long were you out there for? Uh, I flew out on Tuesday and came back today. So it's kind of like a two day in and out mini vacation, relaxation away from the world. <laughs> I see the tan. I see the tan going on there. You got a little, t- little base tan. You know, I'm working on it. Working on it. <laughs> Walking so, to SmackDown tomorrow like this. Did you guys notice my tan? I was on vacation. <laughs> no, nah, those guys are all going to be way more tan than you. Spray tan. <laughs> they're they're going to be 10 Always. times more tan than you. They're, they're going to be unimpressed. Whenever I come in with my tan, I always feel bad about myself because it's just, it's never enough. It's never good enough. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah, those guys, man, there's like a base tan, then there's another spray tan on top of it. There's there's a lot of tanning going on with those guys. I need to up my spray tan game. That's what it is. That's I'll work on it. You know, it's only been seven years. I've got plenty of time to figure it out. I spray tanned once in my life, I think. And I it was like, this seems unnecessary. Bro, I did it once. I, this was years ago. I went on a cruise and like nobody tell, like they don't really tell you what to do. Like they just assume you know everything. So I, you walk into the machine, they spray you down and you walk out. I was like, cool, I'm done. What they didn't tell me is that I was supposed to wipe it all and like make sure it was even. So I like walked out of there with just streaks all over myself. So like I'm ready to go to the pool the next day and I just, I look like a zebra. <laughs> it's like, great, great. That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Well, let me go back a little bit here. I like to start off every episode with the same question, but I'm going to change it a little bit for you. Um, Do you Uh see yourself as playing a character on WWE TV? Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I I think with anything, especially in our world or even in hosting, you're kind of an extension of yourself. So uh, in announcing, definitely, because if you go back, if you go back, back in the way back machine, uh, if you look at any of the backstage stuff, it's always, you know, it, we kind of play, uh, it's like we play off of what's happening and kind of just go with the flow. It's just a yes and kind of thing, but we're definitely characters in that because a lot of us, what we do backstage isn't what we would do in, you know, outside of there. So I, I would say yes, question mark. Okay. Well, how would you describe your off-screen personality? Uh, super nerdy, outgoing. I don't know. I like video games. Like I'm just, I'm just kind of an all around like 
kid of the eighties. I'm a child of the eighties. That's, that's pretty much what I am. Yeah, that's in I, a grown man form. I, I, that's exactly what I was gonna say. If you if you didn't say it, I was gonna say that you strike me as a kid at heart. Yes, one hundred percent a child at heart, and in real life, <laughs> just in all, in all facets just, of life, just in every facet of life. I like all that. Of that. Yes, I like I that. Love those photos, and it's yeah, oh, I didn't even see what I didn't even see they were going yeah. on there. Yeah, it's scary. I'm like, oh shit. Um, yeah, and I think what's great is when you have a when you're a kid at heart who has a good job. Uh, you you finally get to go like indulge in all the things that you've wanted to buy or do your whole life. Now you're like, I can have arcade games in my house. I can go to any Disney, d- do whatever, buy whatever. And yes. that, that's the joy of being a kid at heart when you have a good job. 100%. And, and the great thing is, is like one of my, one of the first things I remember uh, when I was traveling around with WWE, I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to all these places of like, movies that i watched as a child or like you know random things that happen i'm like i'm gonna start seeing this so like i think my first four years at wwe i would plan out every single one of my trips to make sure i would go see whatever it is i wanted to see along with that so i go to the goonies things i go to the christmas things i go to the halloween things like i did everything that you could possibly do what was the what was your favorite of all those Oh, dude, I love I love the Goonies trip. That's my, that's still my favorite. Actually, well, that's one I take every. There's actually that's a lie. There's two I take every year. There's, I go to Salem every year, um, just to kind of do all that stuff, uh, like the Hocus Pocus and whatever. And then I'll go out to the coast and hit Astoria, go all the way down to Cannon Beach, and uh, just do the Goonies run because it's just great and it's it's beautiful out there. It amazes me that there hasn't been a sequel. The, the all especially now. That uh, what's his face from everything everywhere all at once has had this like you know re uh, spawning of his career. All these guys are pretty much famous still. Like I would love to see a, an adult Goonies movie. I would back that one hundred percent. And and the the owners who owned the house before were not nice. Like they didn't want anybody around. Like you couldn't get it within like five hundred feet of that house. But now it has new owners. And they're talking about reopening it up and letting people come through and take photos and taking the curtain off of it that they put on it. So, like, yo, count me in. I'm in. Just let, let's ca- cast the two of us in it. We'll be like extras in the in the the, the side, just watching them like ride by on the bikes, spill my I'll, my I'll get, ice cream on the wall. I'll get to riding. I'll see what I can do about that. Please, please make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I I think that having a house like that probably would get annoying if you were the actual owner of it. Yeah, but why would you like? Why would you buy that house if you're not a fan? Like, what? Why? Like, you know what's going to happen. Like, you have to go into that going, "Gee, I wonder if somebody's going to come here and see this." Mm, maybe not. Do you maybe think there's any? People. Do you, there's any way possible they didn't know when they bought it? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because I I feel like the people that I, I heard stories like the people who had it before were super awesome and they opened it up and did all this stuff and I feel like when they were explaining it to the new people they're like all right now listen the movie was very popular there's gonna be a lot of people coming this is what's gonna happen they're like yeah okay 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 it's cool we just want the house they probably got a good deal on it they were like we you know the guy was like a goonies fan like he heard it was cool at one time and they end up buying the house and then all of a sudden like troves of people are coming every month and he's like i immediately regret this decision <laughs> it's like the people who uh rented their house out for breaking bad when one wall like through the pizza and then everyone's coming to their house trying to throw pizza onto their roof and they probably oh, hate it so much what a terrible thing like 
I, if, if they ever wanted to put my house in a movie, I'd be okay. Wait, wait, wait. What? What's this? Like, what's happening to my house at this time? Because you don't want your house related to something like that. Because yeah. then you just smell like old cheese. You know what I mean? Like, you want something good. Like, I, I don't know. Like, you beat aliens here or something. I, I don't know. Something like where they just want to walk up and take a photo, but not throw cheese at you. Are you a believer in aliens by any chance? Ooh. Um. Yes and no. Let's let's hear it. I I believe there's something out there. Okay. But I don't think it's like independence say like the oh, welcome to earth. Like I don't I don't think we're going down that road, but I do feel like there can't we can't just be the only ones out there. The only reason I ask is cuz like right before I got here, I saw the craziest video on Twitter where it was in Vegas a couple weeks ago and there's like a body cam footage so the cops like on a patrol or something. And his, from his body cam footage, you can see something of very bright going fast towards the ground, right? And then a few, they said like, I think they said a couple minutes later, 911 gets a call. And I listened to the 911 call and it's someone saying, something just crashed in my backyard and there's a 10-foot oh, no. creature standing beside it. And they're like, what? But then people are going, well, in an age of iPhones, why didn't they just take a picture or a video of this? Were they trying to mess with everybody because they saw the light in the sky? Very confusing. I don't know, but I'm nervous now. I've seen, I've, I've heard stories. I've seen videos. I'm trying to like hold out. I, I would like to not think it's like that because if it is, we're screwed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> my wife's saying. My wife's going to Vegas this weekend for her bachelor party and I had to be like, or bachelorette party and I had to be like, just be careful of that alien situation. You just gotta watch all the video footage like in the background and make sure there's no aliens back there like just chilling in the background like, what's up? <laughs> Whoa, that's gonna be all her bachelorette pictures. There's Sash with a bunch of aliens behind her and stuff. Yeah. Uh, do you collect toys and stuff too? I do, yeah. How you, you big? You got like a toy, is that the toy room that you're in here? Or is there no, a separate so room for that? This is this is the arcade okay, okay so it's i had to keep them separate so at one point my toy room and my arcade were the same until my arcade got too big and then i put my arcade downstairs and then i have a toy room upstairs with all my collectibles but i'm very like i had to get to a point because you know if you do the same thing you know you hit a point where you're like ooh, i gotta start being a little more selective of what i take because i only have so many shells and you kind of purge some or whatever and then there's the ones that you obviously like you're like i'm keeping this no matter what this thing with me it has sentimental value or i'm like waited for this um it's once you start getting the life-size stuff that it gets a little hectic i got a life-size power ranger that took up like a lot of space and then i i started collecting batman suits and because i was going to build a um, a bat cave for my arcade and i wanted to have a, a wall that kind of flipped around Basically, you know that like meme when they're like, hey, when I'm Alzheimer's, I'm going to hang a Batman suit in my closet. So I think, you know, I go to my closet, open it up, and I find the Batman suit, and I think I'm Batman. That's what I want to do. I just want to have that forever. I just want to have my Batman suits in there. So one day I wake up, and I'm like, maybe I was Batman. <laughs> when I was a kid, I got to, uh, I lived in like a gated community or whatever for a while, and they were building some very rich, expensive house. And me and my, I think like I walked in with my mom when they were still building it for some reason, don't know why, but we walked in and they had one of those cool, like pull the book down and the whole thing oh. turns around type things. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. They only had washer and dryer behind the wall, but 
It was still there. I know. Waste. What a waste of a what secret a room. I know. I know. I will, they yeah, had move out of this house immediately. I'll do better. They hadn't moved in yet. So I'm hoping that that was like just there because there was the room there and they did something cooler with it. Because I didn't like break into this person's house once they did move in. They hadn't moved in yet. But it was very cool. I was like, whoa. They, I, I didn't think anyone actually had that in their home until I saw that. I had a, I have a friend who actually has a bookcase that, you know, he created and you pull it and you open the door or whatever. I actually, I bought the, um, from the 50s series of Batman, how he had the statue open up and you hit it. It's like the William Shakespeare bust. I have that bust and I'm hoping that one day, uh, I'll be able to put it in there to do that and I'll slide down my pole and then come into my arcade. That's the goal. So that sad. is the goal. Oh yeah. No, that that is I think that's everyone's goal. I think that's everyone's goal yeah. in life. Especially yeah. if you're a nerd. Like that's the that's the thing that you want to have That's like the that's how I know I was successful. If I have one of those rooms. So Batman. Imagine putting it just to leave your house. You're just like, oh I gotta leave the house today. Boop, boop, boop. It's either that or the slide from a blank check from like his room to the uh, to the pool. Those are the two things that like in my mind I'm like that's my super house. Yeah, but think about it. Those are the things we grew up with. That Richie Rich things like that. So like our we're like, gee, if I you know I want to do that, I want to have McDonald's in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Who was I talking to? Someone the other day told me, and I don't even know if this is true. I meant to like Google it afterwards. Someone told me that. Barbara Streisand has a mall in her home. That I mean, I, I, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> me I mean, it's Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I'm like, she has a dog that's a clone, so it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me to see that. Yeah. she had a mall in her house at some point. But I like to think that everyone's just waiting in her mall for her to walk in there, like in place, just waiting for the moment she decides to go shopping, and then everything just starts moving around like a movie set. That's what I picture in my mind. Guys, everybody turn everything on. Except for you, Hot Topic. You stay off. <laughs> we're not, she's not going there today. <laughs> you imagine. She just walks down. She's like, guys, I can't go out today. I have to go shopping. And then she like wakes up, walks downstairs. She's like, hmm, what am I going to buy? <laughs> That's exactly why I didn't even Google it. I just want to have that image in my mind. I don't even want to know if it's true. I just like the image of her waking up like, Oh, I'm going to go to Cinnabon today and like going into her mall. Uh, yeah. Guys, I have a very busy shopping day today. She literally walks out of her room right into the mall. <laughs> She's like somewhere next to like Cinnabon and, and uh, what is the, the pretzel, the pretzel booth? Like is next to Aunt Aunt Annie Ann's and Sbarro, you know? <laughs> Also, when this person told me this, they similarly were like, I like how all your thoughts of the mall are just the food court. And I was like, well, those are, yeah. those are the best parts of the mall. Yeah. I mean, what else is there in the mall? <laughs> exactly. What else is there? Exactly. I, rem I do remember the Hot Topic. I just, yeah, I that's about it. Hot Topic, yeah. Spencer's, and then you yep. got the food court. <laughs> oh, Spencer's. Oh, and Claire's. Ooh, that, I remember yeah. Claire's because it was always like catty-cornered. And you'd always watch the people and they were like, I'm going to get my ear pierced out. You hear them screaming down the way. Did you, did, did you ever work at the mall? Uh, I did not. I actually missed that whole thing, which I'm thankful for. I think I um, I got offered to work at a, was it like an Abercrombie and Finch? Okay, or yeah, Finch yeah. Or something like that. Were you likely to be the guy that stood like, outside with their shirt off? Yeah, no, that was not going to be me. I'd have been the guy inside being like, oh, you saw that guy out there? Well, you get me. Sorry. <laughs> We got you. We got you. Um, I honestly, I walked in there and I could not deal with the smell. I couldn't. It was just too much. I was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. 
It's and in the off chance they ask me to stand outside with my shirt off, I'd be like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm good, bro." So you're I'm good. You're a San Diego person, right? That's where you're from. I am. Yes. How yes. did you get to Florida from San Diego? I mean, not physically, but like, how did you end up in Florida? Is a better question. Buckle up. <laughs> uh, my parents were actually in the military, so they were stationed in San Diego at Camp Pendleton, and then we went from Pendleton to Okinawa, oh, where wow. my dad got stationed. Uh, we were out there for two and a half years, to almost three. My brother was born over there. Um, he got orders to go to Memphis, Tennessee, flew to Memphis, Tennessee, stayed there for a while. I was like, I got to get out of here. Um, very, very different from California. I go back there now and I'm like, oh, it's cool. But like living there at the time, it was just such a uh, different experience for me going from the West Coast to Japan to Tennessee and um, went to school a little bit out there and then ended up moving down to uh Orlando and started, you know, doing the theme park run, Nickelodeon, et cetera. So were you, so you did Nickelodeon, were you Disney World too, or just Universal? Oh, I did Disney World, Universal, SeaWorld. At one point in time, I had all three IDs. I had the trifecta. <laughs> oh yeah. There wasn't a park I paid to get into. <laughs> were you cast member? Or, I mean, like, were you like a character or anything like that? Or just someone that worked at Disneyland? At Disney, I did uh, I did American Idol out there. Okay. So Fremantle had uh, American Idol out there, and uh, I worked for that my entire time I was there. And then I went from there to Indiana Jones because uh, when that venue shut down, they were like, "Hey, do you want to go to Lights, Motor Action, or Indiana Jones?" And I was like, "Come on, you know the answer to this." <laughs> so they sent me to Indiana Jones, and I was there. I mean, I love that show. I remember coming to see that show as a kid. Um, so being a part of it was like super like cool and nostalgic. Of course it's Indiana Jones too. Like who doesn't want to be part of that show? My stepdad, he used to be, well, my ex stepdad, he used to work as a janitor at Disneyland out here. And, uh, I remember one time he told me that he was cleaning the Indiana Jones ride after hours and was like cleaning one of the animatronics and clean and broke part of it off on accident while he was cleaning it <laughs> and just yeah exactly went like doo, 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 and just walked mm -hmm, the other direction nope well, uh, that was how it was and just walked away from it that's you cool. saw nothing i've never been to <laughs> i don't think i've ever been to universe studios florida i don't think i have universal studios is is uh is very very cool i did actually i did the characters out there i did a uh, shaggy beetlejuice the grinch uh, I played a character called Jack the Clown. I did a, a ton of – I did more character stuff at Universal than I did Disney. But it's it's one of those it's one of those places where, like, you just – if you're a fan of movies – I mean, now it's kind of shifting towards newer stuff. But there was a period of time where if you were, like, a fan of movies, you had Jaws out there. Um, you know, you had The Mummy up front. You could go see a Beetlejuice show. Like, a child of the 80s was, you know, in heaven there because there's so much stuff. And now it's catching up and adapting. And they have Halloween Horror Nights. And it's just there's so many cool things out there. It's like, hey, the things that you love about Disney, we still have some of those. But then we also push further into uh, catch different audiences, which I, I appreciate for I, the theme park. I used to love Universe Studios Hollywood growing up. It's... They got rid of a lot of the things that I really liked there, which makes it harder for me to still like it as much. Like they got rid of, uh, well, they didn't, they got rid of Back to the Future, the ride, yep. and, you know, and then they, you know, when uh, King Kong burned down, yep. and they've kind of like along the way things have changed. A lot more screens than practical things, and it, it doesn't yep. excite me as much. Uh, but man, back in the day, University of Florida was like I loved it so much. Or excuse me, Hollywood was awesome. I mean, it was the same thing in Orlando. We lost. Got back to the future, Kong was gone. I remember walking on the floor 
uh, one of the years for HHN, they, they, one of the houses was at the bottom of Kong. So you're walking through and you're just looking up at this giant thing. I was, this is crazy. It's so different now from, from what it was there. But I think like, I prefer Universal Studios Orlando, not just because I work there, but like every time I come out to Universal Studios Hollywood, it's like walking up and down massive amounts of stairs. You have to travel miles to get anywhere. And, and, and honestly, the only thing they have out there that we don't is a backlot tour. And the backlot tour isn't as cool as it used to be. Like it used to be like the coolest thing and getting rid of things along the way, adding too many screens. It's just, yep. it's just not the same. It's just not the same. It's, 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 it, it bums me out because it, it, I, I mean, I used to, that was like my favorite. I remember when I was a PA, I got to my first time I was a PA, I got to drive on to the lot to like deliver paperwork or something to one of the actual office buildings there since it is a working lot. And, uh, and then I just like walked around like I was supposed to be there and just kind of like, do, 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 <laughs> you do, sir, do. right there. Yeah, uh, can I get a coffee please? Thank you. I used to just walk around and see if like I could see anything cool. And then I remember one time I like turned the corner and there was that bridge that used to pretend they used to make it seem like it was going to break while you were on it and i was like i wonder if i could walk across this bridge but then i got too scared i was like this thing always looks like it's gonna break when you're on it i'm not yeah. gonna risk it because i don't mean to end up on the news as the guy who tried to walk across the defunct bridge that broke i remember i think it was cb i, I can't remember i went on the back lot for somewhere uh i had an audition a long time ago and i remember um a lot of people i knew watched soap operas so i kind of like knew certain characters and i remember walking on the set and i had an audition and i walked through there and at the time, it was the kid who played, it's not a kid, he's actually an adult. He played Baby Grinch and uh, the Grinch. He was on a show, probably a butcher's like the uh, Bold and the Beautiful, something like that. Um, it was one of the really cheesy, I mean, that doesn't narrow it down at all. But I saw him walking back there and I was like, that's <laughs> I did can't remember what it was called. Mine was very me. similar. It was Katie Holmes. I was walking around. and oh, I was, see, yours is way, way cooler. Way was. cooler. Yeah, yeah. Mine's way cooler because I was like, my dad always said, oh, just walk around. Pretend you're supposed to be, make it look like you're supposed to be there, you know, if you want to walk around. I'm like, okay. So I had like a little clipboard walking around. And then I remember like coming face to face with Katie Holmes. Like, and we're like walking towards each other. And I had the biggest crush on her growing up. So I was just like, hi, Mrs. Oh, Holmes. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great. Okay, so well, let's talk about wrestling. Let's get into wrestling a okay. little bit. So, how does WWE enter the picture for you? You're doing these characters. You're working all the theme parks. How does he eventually? How does wrestling enter the picture? So, Greg uh, Hamilton, who used to be ring announcer for SmackDown and NXT before that, him and I actually used to work at American Idol together. And when um, American Idol was close to shutting down at the at the parks, I ended up moving to Indiana Jones. He stayed there. When it closed completely, he ended up getting this audition for this wrestling thing. He was talking about it. He's like, oh, it's, it's wrestling. And I was like, wrestling? What are you going to be hosting for wrestling? That's I don't understand. And um, he's like, dude, I'm telling you, it's so cool. And it's in Orlando. And I'm like, wait, wrestling's in Orlando? Um, I, I knew it was back in the day. But I was like, I didn't know it was still here. And so he ends up going through this process. I'm still at Disney. He ends up getting hired working for something called NXT. And at the time, you know, NXT wasn't as popular as it is now. And it was just kind of catching fire. Um, and so I started doing all this research. And I'm like, man, I, you know, I started watching NXT. And I, I went backwards and started catching up on all the um, the, the wrestling. Because I, I kind of dropped off around the CM Punk era. So I had to go back and kind of catch up and see what I missed. And, you know, I was like, just in case... 
Cause he's like, you'd be perfect here. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me go ahead and do some due diligence. And, and, you know, I'd go back and forth. I'd come down, I'd come to a taping and I'd meet people and I'd leave and a month would go by and I'd come down to another taping and I'd meet some more people. And then finally, after like six or seven months of that, I got an audition and I went in and I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm doing this audition. And they're like, we love you. It's great. You're going to, we're going to totally, you're, you're in it's, it's golden. And then I didn't hear anything. For how long? Um, that was in, let me see, that had to have been August. Cause I think I was still in rehearsal for Halloween horror nights. It was probably August. So September, October, November, December, January is when I heard again. Oh. From oh. Yeah. So it was like five months. So I was like, wow, usually like, you know, you have an audition and you're like, yeah, I, I nailed that. And, and sometimes you hear stuff, man, I was like, I was so confident when I walked out of there and it just <laughs> punched me in the face. I was like, man, maybe I, Maybe I didn't do as good as I thought I did. I sometimes wonder if they do that intentionally because I, I, it's amazing to me how often I hear that with people on here from wrestlers, behind the scenes people to whatever, how they go like, great, dude, we loved you. This is awesome. Yeah. And then we didn't hear from them for a year, you know, <laughs> like, that's, and that's a tough like, wait. Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, I had that happen after I left TMZ. I had a bunch of interviews for a writer position, and they were like, I had so many of them. And then it was like, it was like, where would you, where would you want to be? Would you want to be on the road or back in the office? Which one you choose? And I was like, well, whatever, wherever needed. And they're like, all right, cool, we'll get back to you and let you know which one. Never heard from them again, <laughs> bro. It was. It was so like, I'm not saying it was demoralizing. I was just like, man, maybe I need to go back and recalculate what I think is nailing it. <laughs> I really thought I nailed that. And it was crazier because like at the time I was in the theme parks and I was like, all right, well, this new Star Wars show is coming and I auditioned and I got it. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I'll have a contract there. I'll still have my contract at Universal. And essentially I was, I was getting paid 40 hours at Disney and 40 hours at Universal. And I was splitting contracts, though I wasn't working a total of 40 hours just because of how the equity and stuff breaks down there. But there's a new show is coming. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I don't need to do, go do that. And then I remember showing up the first day of the Star Wars show, and they were like, hey, can we uh, can we see you and this this other person who got cast in me in this other room? And I'm like, she's like, this isn't good. This isn't good. This isn't good. And I'm like, what's not good? They walked in. They're like, hey, listen, uh, they're really excited about the show, but uh, they don't want to host anymore. So you guys are canned. I was like, oh, all right. I guess that's not going to happen. And literally a week later. I was, I was like, I'm not going to call Universal because I'd just given up my contract over there. I was like, I'm not going to call them back. I'm not going to call them back. I'm not going to walk back there and go, you know what, guys? I messed up. I need my contract. I'm going to I'm gonna figure this out. I think I can make this work. And sure enough, like a week later, I got the phone call like, hey, just so you know, this is what's going on. We got this. We're going to go international. We've got WrestleMania. But let's let's double back right after WrestleMania. And I was like, pew, pew. <laughs> what's cool too is you know with you being at nxt at that time period i mean you were really there at such a pivotal time for the brand when it was really like coming into its own so it's, it's got to be cool in retrospect to have been involved in all of that yeah it's crazy like I, I did the first war games down there um got to experience like pay-per-views inside of um, full sale. And then we started going on the road and taking them out. I mean, the only one we did at that, you know, at that point was New York and we'd only done one of them. So it was like, just kind of seeing this evolution and realizing like doing all these outside shows and realizing like, Oh man, all these people know all this stuff. And at the time, pretty much everybody that's currently on SmackDown or raw was on NXT at that time. Like we just had a banger show, man. It was just wild. Like I interviewed Tiffany Stratton last week. And I mean, she's talking about how Charlotte Flair 
influenced her to get into wrestling. And you hear like, you know, there's the Indy Hartwells who, you know, says that Bailey and Sasha inspired her. And you keep hearing all these, you know, current wrestlers that are talking about how that time period inspired them. And you're like, that's crazy. Bro, that's I, I remember there was one point where I was sitting there because we used to NXT was crazy because we used to do five episodes at a time, like sometimes two, three, four, five, whatever. And um, like I remember, you know, you would have Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, and then you know it was you know Shinsuke or Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe, and then it was Shin versus Samoa Joe, like in Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, like all of these just banger matches, like back and forth, and like the revival American Alpha, and like just crazy stuff that used to happen. I go back and watch that DIY AOP, like just the the amount of stuff and in the women's division that came from there was just insane, man. Insane to think of. Do you miss doing the backstage interviews at all? Um, you know, sometimes I do. I, the the days just very different. Like, you know, when you're when you're ringside, one, I've got the best seat in the house. Two, I'm checked in through the entire show and I'm kind of like, you know, making sure it goes. But when you're backstage, it's really easy to lose track of time and not know what's, you know, not fully know what's going on in the show just because you've got to go do this interview. You got to do this interview. And I, I honestly, I got to be there at a really cool time. You know, I did a lot of stuff with Jericho and uh, Kevin Owens backstage and, you know, Big Show was still there. Like a lot of those guys that, you know, Cena, like, those guys were still there when I was backstage. So I got to do some really cool interviews at that time. And, you know, I think that I was there at the right time. And then, you know, I transitioned to the next thing and I, I like it out there. It's been fun. Do you have a favorite of those interviews that you did? Uh, yeah, I think, I think the, the Jericho stuff was always good. There was, um, Definitely the stuff that like uh, Jericho and Tom, like kind of the name switching stuff that he did for a long time. But one of my favorites, and it was the hardest one not to laugh on, was after um, I think both KO and Jericho both got titles at the time. One was the United States champion. Or were they tag team champion? I can't remember what champion. This is how this is how long ago it was. Well, um, but they both had titles. You're doing live TV every week. It's okay <laughs> to forget these things. It starts, it starts to blur together. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they both had i don't think they were tag team titles yet i think that they had individual titles okay. and um they were backstage and i was interviewing them afterwards and they they kick me out of the frame and he takes it and they're going back and forth and then kevin starts yelling george he's like george george and i'm like and he's looking at me and they're like i think you're george and i was like oh man well i'm i'm six two so when I'm backstage, I'm a lot shorter. And so like I had to walk back in the frame because there's no easy way for me to slide back in the frame. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no easy way to do it. So you I have to kind of like, like crab walk over a yeah, little bit. <laughs> I kind of like sidewalked in there and tried to, and so I'm like, see me kind of leading to the side. And so Kevin, and and he's so brilliant. He's going back and forth with Chris and, and, and all of a sudden he just looks at me. He goes, did you get taller? And so he starts just going in on me and they start stepping on the steps and gorilla and he's like karate chopping and he's like doing all this stuff. And I'm at this point, I've bitten holes in my tongue because doing backstages with them, it is so hard not to laugh because you don't, you don't know what they're going to say. You have no idea what's coming out. Like they're just, they're riffing and they're going and they're just flowing. And these guys are two of the best. And honestly, like I, 
I walked out with bleeding tongue that day. I had definitely had a bleeding tongue. And when they finally yelled cut, I was like, thank God. I can't stop. I'm dying laughing. And everybody on the other side of the camera was walking away because they couldn't keep a straight face. So every every like two seconds behind us, somebody would go, and then they'd walk away. And I'm like trying not to look over that way because I'm like, don't break me, don't break me, don't break me, don't break me, please. Don't break me. Please. <laughs> you know, even as someone who watches it, it's, you know, you watch it for so long, sometimes those things do, you know, bleed into each other. But now that you're talking about it, I 100% remember that interview. It was so funny. I definitely remember that. Those things are wild, dude. Even when even when we did the list stuff, when Jericho was doing the list stuff, like he would write stuff on the list. And I'm like, I learned really quickly not to read. Don't read the list. Because sometimes it was gibberish. But sometimes he puts stuff on there and you're like, I'm not, I don't, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to look away. I'm going to look away. I'm going to I'm gonna do something other than look at you. Is there it's a just, PG yeah, example of one that you read on there? Uh, that you can remember? <laughs> I, I think he, I think a lot of times people thought he put a lot of names on there, but most of the time it was just like dumbass announcer or something like that. Like those are the kind of things that he would put on there. Like it was just, it, and every once in a while your name would make it on there. Um, I remember the whole European tour, like my, I think it was my first one. Like he would put different names for me. And then at the end he was like, just so you know, I know your name. And then he like wrote it on there. I was like, oh, thanks. And then he crossed it out. So I was like, because <laughs> for the longest time, I'm like, I don't actually think he knows my name. I will, I will forever be known as dumbass announcer. <laughs> I like, I love when I hear things like that because sometimes people always think that like everyone's in on everything. And you're like, I didn't, I wasn't sure if he actually knew my name or not. No, until he pulled me aside at the end of the tour and said that to me, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." He doesn't know my name, all right. And then he called you Tom, and then you walked away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, I know your name, Tom, and then walked away. Yeah, dude, because of him for you know years. I, every once in a while, I still get it, but I think enough time has passed now where like you know the audience shifts and you know people remember things and whatever. But it, it, it still comes around every once in a while. <laughs> so you said things are different. You know, your day is different when you're backstage interviewer versus what you're doing now. What does a typical day at WWE look like for you these days? Um, I mean, you come in around, if it's Eastern time, it's like 2 o'clock. We come in, hang out uh, for a little bit, put your stuff down, grab your uh, grab food because usually that's probably the only time I'm going to eat that day. And then we usually go from there straight out to uh, rehearsals. So rehearsals will start and we kind of talk about and walk through uh, what's going to happen for the day. Just a, a blanket, not like every single detail, just kind of like, hey, we're going to have a match here. And this is going to be a match and this will be a match or somebody's going to come out at this point. And just to kind of, so everybody's kind of on the same page and communicating about what's going on. Uh, and then I go backstage. If I want to eat, you can eat again. Um, but I'm kind of just getting my notes together for the show and putting together the things I need to get ready to actually do it. And then I go back out, I open the show, we do a dark match, and then I'm in it. With all the eating and, and all that stuff, you know, I know the announcers sometimes will have you know a ritual to make sure they don't have to go to the bathroom during the show. Do you have to kind of keep that in mind as well? Oh, 100%. Well, especially now, now I'm on SmackDown, so it's it's a little easier for me. Sure. When I was on Raw, yeah, it is, it is. when I was on Raw, it was a marathon. I just, I would cut off my liquids uh, 
at a certain point, like I'm like, all right, I can't drink any water after this time because if I do, or you'll see me out there just like sip a little water. I'm like, just a little bit, just to keep it, just to keep it lubricated, just because I, I did it once. There was one time it was an NXT show where uh, it was Shinsuke's last show. And I remember I was sick. I want to say it was takeover before WrestleMania Orlando. I want to say that's what it was. I could be wrong on that, but, um, the, uh, I was so sick and I was, I had to drink like water and tea and all this stuff because I, I could, my voice was just struggle busing. And so I drank so much water. And by the time that last match happened, I'm like doing the little, you know, the little pee pee rock. You're just kind of like moving yourself, hoping that you don't <laughs> just don't pee yourself. And you're just kind of bouncing around. And what I didn't know is that at the end, they, you know, I didn't know it was going to be his last match. So, you know, they filmed everything like it was going to be his last match. And it ended up being his last one in NXT, but he ended up doing a lap in the audience. And he went everywhere and did all this stuff. And I was dying. I was about to burst. My kidneys were just inflamed at this point because it had been like an hour past the time that I actually needed to go to the bathroom. And I remember I looked at uh, Berkeley, who is the timekeeper, the timekeeper now too. I looked at him like, I have to go. And he just looked at me and goes that way. And I've like ran, I ran because I had to come say goodbyes. So I ran, ran, used the bathroom. I came all the way back out and I was like, thank you, Orlando. <laughs> yeah, that seems difficult, dude, especially because if it's a takeover, that's even longer than a, than a raw. That's like, that could be a long that could be a long time you're sitting out there. Yeah, I definitely got damaged from that. There's no way that I did not get some kind something something is gonna affect me later on in life because that but I I have prepared. You you know, happens once, only once, and then I prepare. I'm like, never again. Never again. So you've been on Raw until now, like the whole time, right? Is that has it mainly been yeah, Raw? Since twenty sixteen. So does it you know, I was wondering, like, because not just time of the show, but like it's a different day. Does it kind of throw your week in out of whack a little than from what you had been used to these past couple years? Bro, my week is so thrown off still. <laughs> like still. Like it's only been, I think, three weeks yeah. now. But I mean, I was on Raw from 2016 on, and I only went over to SmackDown. I think I did one time for the Mixed Match Challenge, which was like a month or two and then when i was covering and training sam uh, i was doing both shows for like six months but i was still doing raw um so like it wasn't like it was it wasn't different but like now it's like totally i i sunday night i'm like all right i gotta pack no i don't have to pack tonight i don't need to i don't need to go anywhere i'm home i don't know what to do now even in like garbage days i used to plan my like the i take out my garbage and stuff like it, everything is just completely thrown off It'll take me a good two weeks now uh, more to kind of sink into this one. Yeah. It, th th when I saw that, I thought to myself, like, yeah, man, if you really got into the groove for that long on, like, this is the day I do that, this is the day I do that, that was what would mess me up the most in having to change Seven brands. years, bro. Yeah, that's a long time. Seven years of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a long it time. You create quite a routine. I had a routine down. So I just, I have to, just have to you know, shift the days a little bit. Just shift them. <laughs> a little shift yeah, but like i will say i i have enjoyed traveling on fridays the airports are a lot more empty on fridays on mondays they are insane i walk in on fridays and i'm like hey what's up how's it going walk right through it's great i would think it'd be the opposite i would think it'd be the i used to think so too yeah, i would think that interesting nope 
I would think because Bro, like used, everyone's like, coming, oh, you know, man, going out of town on a Friday brutal. for like uh, something, you know. Yeah, but nobody flies out early on a Friday. That makes sense. They always fly out, you know, because their families in Orlando. So like, you know, if they're leaving, they're checking out around eight or nine. Nobody's booking like a six a.m. flight to leave Orlando after Disney. They're gonna leave at like noon, three. <laughs> so like, it's empty. Like I used to sit in traffic. I would have to sit in these long lines, even though I have all the stuff. Like there's still lines there. Now I just breeze through. I was like, this is, this is awesome. That's like me at Burbank Airport out here. I just like walk right through, and everyone's always bitching about LAX, and I'm like, oh, I'm walking right. Oh, through Burbank's Burbank. a cheat code. <laughs> Burbank's the cheat code. Don't be giving out those secrets. Sorry, let's, let's me, cut this. Let's cut that. Let's you? cut that, Raya. Let's cut that from the show. <laughs> don't, I don't be want... giving out those secrets. <laughs> uh do you have to do like vocal warm-ups or anything before or do you kind of like yes yeah yeah i have a routine um i, I think for a little while i kind of stopped doing my stuff but i'm back on it now so i do i definitely i do warm-ups on the way to the arena i do them in there and then i have a uh nebulizer like a an actual little vocal mist thing i think it's called that i use for um I think it's like six minutes beforehand, like right before I go out because it helps lubricate and keep everything moving. Cause it's a muscle like anything. So you have to take care of it. Um, but I'll be sitting in TV locker room with the, the thing. And I was like, dude, are you, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a nebulizer. And they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Every single person that comes in thinks that I'm like, something's going on. So wait, it's, it lubricates your throat basically. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, it helps break up the congestion, helps lubricate your throat. It's great for if you're speaking for launcher. Uh, Kevin Patrick actually got one too because he, if you're not used to, um, especially for him, like the highs and lows of like, oh my god, and you come back down. If you're not used to it and your vocal cords aren't, you use the. A lot of people start to use their throat. Um, when you use your throat, it just kind of thrashes it out. So if you don't engage that diaphragm and really just you know go for it, so it just it's a helpful little thing to kind of get you over that hump i feel like you guys you and kevin back there looking like bane in the locker room you just got like this i, I felt like it i was like oh you think you you barely adapted the vocal mist i was born in it <laughs> that's, i'm glad that i'm never that's not just my image again no that's exactly what i picture in my mind of you guys just sitting back there looking like batman villains as you're back there that's how i felt back there it's literally half everybody thought i was like dying or something back there like i was like my dying wish <laughs> uh did it take a long time you had, did it take a long time to memorize like the hometowns and weights for people honestly like it was for the most part like like i said a lot of those people were in nxt so like i got the reps in nxt doing that and then they just moved up so the hardest part now for me is the newer people that are coming up that i you know that I, I see on NXT, but I don't necessarily hear their stats all the time. So those are the ones that are hard. But as far as like everybody that's up there, at this point, I've been doing them for seven years, so I don't even remember what it was like memorizing them. Once you, it's like once you get it all down, everything's just kind of repetition and doing it. You know, uh, once you know everybody, but when you don't know everybody, you're worried about that and worried about saying the words correctly and doing all this stuff. It's it's a lot in the beginning. It sounds terrifying in my mind of just like the pressure of like getting someone if you get someone's hometown wrong or whatever, and you can't have cards, so you have to like memorize it all. That sounds difficult. Honestly, the hardest the hardest part is, and now we've kind of we've kind of worked our way around it. We have uh, a little monitor 
there at the bell table so we can actually see the entranceway. But a lot of times we can't see the entranceway. So what's, you know, if I, if I know that this match is a singles match and then it changes to a tag team or the person changes in there, I can't see that. So at that, at one point, so it was just us kind of like, Oh no, <laughs> I hope this is right. <laughs> That's great. It happens. It happens. I think I think one time um the iconics were on there and Billy Kay and Peyton Royce switched. They were one was supposed to work and the other one like I don't know what happened, but like we didn't have it at that time. And I was like, um what did I say? Uh I said I think I said Peyton, Billy Kay. <laughs> Because I was starting to say Peyton, and he goes, "No, no, 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 it's the other." And I go, "Billy Kay." I, just, I spit it out because I didn't know what to do with that. I just, I think I just started doing it, and I like didn't know. Like it was so, like I was like, "Oh, boo!" <laughs> it happens, you know. Yeah, uh, what are you gonna yeah do? especially with the amount of people on the roster. Like it's not like it's a small roster. There's so many people, so little things like that are gonna happen. Especially if somebody like stays behind, like if somebody wants to make a grand entrance and then like, if I know that, you know, say for example, uh, Chad Gable comes out and Otis is coming with him, or maybe he's not. And he's sitting backstage waiting to do his pop out. Like he waits, some people wait a little while to come out. I'm like, is he with him or is he not coming? I don't know what's happening. There he is. I'll come into the ring because that's the first thing you say. So it's, sometimes you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Because I don't want to say it. And sometimes I'll just skip it if they don't come out in time because I'd rather not have it than be wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'll switch to a few non-wrestling questions before I wrap okay. this up. I know you're a big superhero guy you you guys okay. see the the tattoos i i know you like superheroes uh what's the best oh, wrong one wrong there we go what's the best superhero movie ever made oh man really um man ever made yeah what's number one man you can give me top three this. if you want um, i will say that for the longest time, there's a lot that I liked, but and this is not because I worked for the company or because I like Tina. It's not a movie, but I thought Peacemaker was really, really well done for a comic book thing. Um, but honestly, Flash, this last Flash movie, I've really, 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 really enjoyed it. It it took. I, I don't know if it's because of the '80s nostalgia and having Keaton back, and I thought the whole movie as as a whole was great. And I, the DC universe is so hit or miss for me, and I want to like a lot of it, but I don't. Um, but I feel like that is really high up there, and it's going to be hard to beat for me. That's crazy because I've seen, I saw a few people saying like best superhero movie of all time, but. You gotta wait till I till I see it, you know. And you I, haven't seen it yet. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. Was oh, it not? No, you're talking about oh. a movie that's not even out yet. It's not even fair. I can't even. I can't even have a I'm conversation sorry. about. It. No, it's okay. Sorry, like, I, I can't think, help it that I saw I think it, it. You know, a month early. It's I not. think it comes out next week. Well, six, I think it comes out on the 16th. By the time people, when this comes out, it'll come out a week prior. I think so. <laughs> okay. So people will they'll be able to have an opinion on it by that point. My bad. <laughs> No, I really yeah, want to I saw see it, it and I was like, this is amazing. Better than so Endgame? Good. Yeah, I so uh, I have my my 
I, I love I love Endgame and I love Infinity War. And I, but I, I also was a huge comic book guy growing up. So like, I have a hard time separating what happened in the comics and the movies sometimes. Vastly different. But while I do love those movies and I do love the storyline, they are like super different from what the comics were. Um, and like with no Adam Warlock, there's just so many things that just are so different. And I thought they did great. And it was, you know, that scene where they all are coming out of the end or cap on your left and everybody comes up. That'll still be, even when Captain America gets the, you know, Thor's hammer, those will be some of my all time favorite scenes ever. But as a movie as a whole, flash. I'm, I'm, as of right now. Prior to Endgame, I would have said, like, you know, the first Batman was probably my favorite of all the superhero movies just because I grew up loving batman and so which batman the first batman with michael keaton oh that one okay yeah okay. uh so i am very excited for flash because like keaton's batman was my guy he for delivers. so long so i'm excited for that for sure i i liked that one and i you know i liked some of the storyline stuff of the christian bale stuff i thought like, it was cool what they did i just didn't like christian bale as batman i'm a huge batman guy like that's a hot take, and I'd like to get into that for a second here before we wrap it up. So, you didn't like Christian Bale as Batman? No. Interesting. I didn't like that. I hated it. It just took me out of it so bad. I wanted. I liked so much. I thought the first movie was really good. I just didn't. I he just took me out of it. Like it just ruined it for me. I thought it was in, in a movie that was based on realism, where they tried to like make everything where you know he had uh, an R and D guy who got all of his stuff, and you know he claimed everything. I was spelunking, and that's how he got this and that and whatever. And they create all this tech, and like I thought that was so cool how uh, Nolan made those things so realistic, like based them in real world scenarios. And then you have a guy walking around. <laughs> like i just i couldn't do it it just really drove me crazy i that's a good hot take to have because i've always felt i i i like those batman movies but i've always felt like they were like were a tad bit overhyped like a, just, like a, just like a tad bit just like a tad bit because people were always like going all crazy for him and i'm like nah dude michael keaton's batman is still better than christian bale as batman yeah, and honestly, I'll do another hot one. I think Ben Affleck is the best Batman, period. Okay, now this is over. This interview's over. I'm out of here. That's the craziest. I'll that's, throw punches right now. Let's the, go. You can't tell me that he doesn't look more like Batman in the comics and act more like Batman in the comics than any other person that's done it. That voice was ten times worse than Christian Bale's voice when he was doing yeah, his Batman they digitized voice. it. It's not like he was putting it on. They digitized it. Yeah, but they why? Like, why? It's, it was so. That's a director's choice. That's a director's <laughs> choice, not an acting choice. Don't, don't take that. Don't take that out on Ben. You take that out on the director. <laughs> Is he? He's in this one, this, the Flash, right? Hell yeah, he's okay. great in it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll wait. I'll wait and see. I won't go too hard on you, but I do think that. All right. That might be the worst take that anyone's ever said on this whole podcast in 112. Wow. I, I seriously doubt that. Mm. I seriously doubt that. Ricochet saying that <laughs> Ricochet putting down Batman was on par because he was basically saying that almost every superhero would be able to beat Batman, and I didn't like that. Yeah, he either. doesn't. He doesn't get an opinion. He, I don't think he's ever read the comics. I would venture to say he's never even read the comics where clearly Batman has beat Superman on numerous occasions along with other superheroes because Superman is where yeah, and he doesn't make decisions. He, even when he's just there's there's contingencies, bro. He said Wolverine would smoke Batman. And I thought that was crazy.
No. Right? No. That's crazy talk, right? No. Well, I love Wolverine, but he's a stupid animal. It's not happening. Batman is smart and has endless amounts of money. There's no way. There's no way. He'd come out with an adamantium suit and take him on. Even when the crossover happened between the DC and Marvel universes, that didn't happen. I'm gonna get real nerdy now. I don't no, I no, I love it because now I can <laughs> take the clips and I can put them out. I can put them together. I would make Ricochet look bad for his terrible take here. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that instead of cutting your Ben Affleck take. It's gonna be one of the two. We'll find out. Hey, don't get Sam coming after me. You calm down, <laughs> uh, Mike. I appreciate you doing this very much. We run out of time here. I have other questions I would have gotten to, but. You're a busy man. I'm a busy man. We got to get out of here. We'll do this again in the future. Uh, it was really Definitely. cool getting to chat with you. I it was this was a you fun too, one for brother. sure. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Have a great one. Peace. You too. All right, that was my conversation with Mike Rome. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I warned you there was going to be a lot of geek talk in there, and you definitely got your fill of it. Also, can we get this adult Goonies movie made? Like, what's happening out there, Hollywood? You're rebooting everything. Let's get this Goonies movie made. Come on, get get your head in the game. Uh, before we get out of here, a little bit of promotional stuff, a little bit of housekeeping. If you're watching this on video, I appreciate it very much. But make sure you're subscribed to the Out of Character podcast feed as well. And if you're there, if you're if you're a regular viewer or listener, do me a favor, leave a review on the Out of Character podcast feed as well. I appreciate it very much, but it also lets people know that this is a show worth listening to, so please do me a solid and go leave a review there just so people know that this show doesn't suck. I know it doesn't suck. You know it doesn't suck, but let's let everyone else know how good it is too. Also, if you're on the podcast feed, make sure that you are subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel as well. It's where you can see this show on video every Wednesday, but also YouTube shorts, clips. There's clips from Raw and SmackDown and so much more. So make sure that you're subscribed to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel and make sure you're following us on social media as well at WWE on Fox on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin and this has been Out of Character. 